Hello and welcome to episode 9 of the Cinematic Comic First podcast. We are talking Guardians of the Galaxy this week, week <laughs> which means we're we not are going that. <laughs> uh, Hey, yeah, no, I'm 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 going to roll through it seamlessly. Perfect. Uh we're we're we're, we're talking Guardians, which means we are going to outer space. <laughs> Uh, I am Davis. I'm joined by Corey and Ryan. Uh, what's going on, guys? Just hey, Davis. Li- living my best life. Me too. After seamlessly nailing that intro, uh, feeling really great. <laughs> Are you... Of course, by the time this episode comes out, Moon Knight will be done and no one will be thinking <laughs> about it. But are you guys watching Moon Knight right now? Of course, I am also reading some Moon Knight. I just I can't get enough Moon Knight. Wow. What Moon Knight are you reading? Um, whatever Marvel Unlimited told me to read. They just had like a couple <laughs> that were like, read mm, these. Yeah. And I was like, okay. <laughs> okay, I have a question that I'm honestly a little bit scared to ask. Um, the only reason that I knew about Moon Knight before this show was announced was because people would take like random uh random frames of moon knight usually when he's like teaming up with other people like spider-man mm-hmm. and change it to make it look like he's always asking for ketamine why <laughs> is that like how did that start i mean i have no idea honestly <laughs> i have no idea now i'm wondering if he's a drug addict i haven't gone to anything where he's a drug addict but like those people are almost always hallucinations. So I wonder if that has something to do with it. The people that he fights? Oh, no. Sorry. Like like Spider-Man. And um, I, so oh, currently I'm oh, reading one I where see, he's teaming up with Spider-Man, Captain America, and I think Iron Man. And they're all hallucinations. Got it. Okay. That's um, a, I re- do you like that one? Because I... I really like that. That's the Moon Knight by Mike Brian Michael Bendis. For sure, and I do really like it. Yeah, I he heard... did House of M, right? Yes, he did. Okay. Um, just throwing my bona fides out there. <laughs> I I read it and I was like, wow, this is really good. And then I found out, of course, that it's not very highly rated on the <laughs> the Moon Knight scale, really? which surprised me. And I maybe I'm wrong on that. Maybe it's higher rated than i think but at least when it came out it was not i i read another one that i liked more okay but i've only so far read i think like three different series they've all been contemporary and i liked all of them i i really this was the first one i read where it had like hallucinations in it and i thought that was really fun I, i liked how it was like how they did it are you all enjoying the show? So like, like Ryan said, we, we, we try to keep things evergreen, but we'll, we'll just indulge ourselves here. Do we really try to do that? No. Uh, well, we, <laughs> we, we didn't at the beginning. And then we realized what a like stockpile of episodes we were going to have. So we tried to lay off it a little, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll just lean into it for right. this episode. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, have like oh so two episodes have dropped so far we're we're about to get episode three i believe episode three dropped today if you want oh shoot to really look into 
how we when we record this podcast (laughs) (laughs) i don't even know when things happen i i keep thinking it's a friday drop but i i believe it is a wednesday drop yeah so i i forget when they changed i think it was loki they decided wednesdays were the new marvel show drops for some reason yeah i i suspect that it has to do with um like so wednesday you have enough time for people who are following it to watch it and still get the water cooler talk at work Mm, uh, like like in the same week um because you know sometimes weekends are crazy will smith slaps uh chris rock and then by the time that monday rolls around (laughs) another what very timely reference for when this comes out no you people will undoubtedly still be be jaws agape uh at at will smith slapping chris (laughs) rock even though as i say this i'm already so sick of the uh dialogue well just uh, just to predict the future uh we welcome chris rock as our new king of the united states yes thank you king your (laughs) your 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 stand-up special it was a pay-per-view event really changed the dialogue around <laughs> uh, abuse and comedy. And thank you for being our um, patriarch. Okay. We're two episodes in, I guess three. I've only seen two. Are you all enjoying the show? Yes. I am very much I- enjoying it. I'm- I-, I feel like Oscar Isaac can do no wrong. And yet... Like, so so part of it is just that I'm obsessed with him and I love seeing him and his terrible accent. <laughs> but also I think it's a genuinely good show. I, I agree. I, I think, so as listeners probably remember, because I'm pretty sure we talked about WandaVision and then that dropped like so long after uh, WandaVision came out, but the first two or three episodes of WandaVision were like intentionally disorienting. And it kind of got to a point where I was like, all right, some of this stuff better start making sense. <laughs> and then it did. Uh, and Moon Knight has not been like as subversive as WandaVision in terms of like disorienting viewers, but I'm, I'm, I'm still trying to put some of the pieces together. One thing that I have not been able to get over is they're able to make Oscar Isaac look like a regular dude in that show, like <laughs> totally unremarkable. But then all of a sudden he becomes Mark Spector and he's got the sizzle again. I don't know how they do it. Is it just confidence? Yes. I <laughs> I couldn't think of anything witty or clever to say. So it, it it's it's got to be all Oscar Isaac, like it, I it felt, yeah uh, I go go yeah I feel yeah, like they ahead. said uh, <laughs> well I do not know what happened on one of your guys's end but my 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 microphone fell it 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 kamikazed <laughs> onto the floor because of how terrible I've been uh, this this far into the episode apologies I'm, I mean I feel like we're we're embodying the energy that Guardians of the Galaxy bring uh, yes. in this episode. <laughs> well said. Well said. 
I mean, we we have a translator on, but Corey has actually been saying I am Groot this whole time. <laughs> um, that is my sole character. <laughs> but yeah, I I feel like it's hard to for a director to be like, all right, now make yourself become another person and then to yeah. take credit for that. So I, I do feel like Oscar Isaac, he's putting the work in. He's much like Dana Carvey's master of disguise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that. I love that so much. I think he's master of disguise too often. There, there, there was some story that came out about the filming of master of disguise. Oh my gosh. I remember now. Okay. So this might be an unconfirmed rumor, but I have heard speak that during the filming of the infamous turtle club scene in master of disguise, everyone on set received the tragic news of what occurred on nine 11. And they, they paused, they paused filming during the turtle club scene to observe a moment of silence on set because of the tragic events of 9-11, which... I do not know how to react to that. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's just one of those things, like... It, it, it's, it's hard to summon up two more incongruent images in your mind than <laughs> horror, the shock, and the fear of receiving that terrible news and also Dana Carvey in a bald wig and a turtle suit. <laughs> but I, but I, I, I have read that. I don't know if it's true or not. Yeah, I, I might have to look into that later. This is now a Dana Carvey podcast. I, I also read a story about when Vision was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, don't, no more penises. Not yet. Okay, we'll save it. <laughs> They'll save for penises later. <sighs> um, all right. Well, should well, we talk about comics? <laughs> let let's let let's do it. So, we we had some um, some kind of baseline comics, but it, this is this is one of the first properties that we've come across where there's. There's the team, and then there's like the individual parts. Uh, and we decided that it would probably be a little more beneficial for us to learn about the characters themselves than than the formation of the so-called Guardians of the Galaxy. So I'll turn it over to Corey, who's got our first two characters that we'll uh, that we'll learn a little bit about. Yes, thank you, Davis. So the first character that I researched a little bit was Peter Quill. And I read Marvel preview number four, which is his first occurrence in a comic. Um, I feel like I forget how words work and I don't know like how to like a normal person would say that, but that's what I'm going with. Uh, okay. So in this comic, I found this like to be an incredibly fascinating portrayal of the first version of Peter. Um, so in it, his mother is killed by aliens. And, and like, but a, I think a 1970s movie or like an E.T. version of Aliens looks like. 
not like a humanoid version. Um, and this is after Peter becomes really fascinated with like watching Star Trek and, and aliens in general, and that his mother's killed by them. Um, and no one believes him. He's like telling the sheriff and, and all these people, like, my mom was killed by aliens. This, this is a child also. Um, no one believes him. And he just like has this significant like obsession and hatred now with aliens and his need to find and murder them. Um, and he also, so, so now his passion is like going to space to murder the aliens that murdered his mother. Um, this takes him all the way up to like what I, it felt like space camp, um, reading it. It, it. So there's like, there's a space station with like a civilization sort of like off, off of earth. Um, and he like goes to school and then gets sent to the space station and they have parties there. Like the women were wearing dresses. This is like a real civilization. It's not just like astronauts. Um, and while he's there, everyone hates him because he's super annoying and is so obsessed with his mission that he can't be sociable. Um, so very different than the guy we see in the movie. <laughs> and, uh, and then this, this master of the sun just kind of like shows up outside of the space station, a human looking alien who's just floating in space and who makes this declaration that by the next day we need to like bring him who... They decide, like, nominate to become Star-Lord. Like, they need this new Star-Lord. And so, comes them and he's like, people of Earth, bring me someone to become Star-Lord. Um, and Peter, like, makes this big uh, fight to become Star-Lord. And everyone's like, no, you're the worst. I can't let you do it. And they send him back to Earth. And he steals a spaceship, goes back. He shoots someone in order to steal the spaceship. And then... In on the space station, he like goes to the master of the sun, like tells everyone I'm gonna do it, like kind of steals it away from someone else who was who the people had nominated. And master of the sun was like, Okay, sure, you can be Star Lord. Um, and then he's like, Because you're so obsessed with this, I'm gonna send you to the aliens so you can deal with it. And then he kills them, he gets back into his new ship, and he's like, Was that real? Did you just like do that for me to like? Like a cathartic moment. I don't think I actually killed them. And he's like, Master of the Sun is like, no, no, you totally killed them. It it was real. It totally happened. Um, and then that's it. That's that's the origins of Star Lord. Yeah, it. And something I will mention in the future. He has a. Uh, he kind of recaps his origin story. Hmm. And he just kind of like brushes it off. He's like, I, I murdered this entire planet of aliens. And now I just try not to think about it. Oh my gosh. That's so great. <laughs> so, but pretty dark origins for star Lord. I feel. Yes. Yes. And a very, such a different character. Like he's someone who nobody likes is unsociable. is just like totally focused on this one thing. Hates aliens different guy the hero's burden <laughs> um yeah so that's that's kind of just some background of like where peter started um and then the other person i read about was gamora um i'm obsessed with her <laughs> i i did a different kind of deep dive on gamora i read 
um, a much more recent um, series, uh, which is Thanos from 2019, which was this really fun run of six issues. In which, and in this, Gamora starts as a child, and it starts with Thor killing her whole species. Um, and he has, like, this goddess of death or, like, some sort of, like, death is this woman that he's in love with. And she, like, kind of drives him to kill. And then it gets to a point where she doesn't appear unless he, like, kills a bunch of people. And he keeps trying to get her to be there. She's, like, this hallucination. And lots of hallucinations today, I'm now realizing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, so she's there. And then... When he goes to kill Gamora, Gamora sees her. And so he stops and doesn't kill her. And she's the only one left of her planet and of her uh, species. And he kind of just like brings her along and isn't totally sure what to do with her and just keeps thinking about murdering her. But she turns into this assassin as a child in order to not be murdered by Thanos and kind of like do things that she thinks he'll like. Um, so, so it's not like he is molding her into an assassin. She is like doing what's necessary to survive, but she's kind of turning herself into an assassin. Um, and, and most of this takes place as she is a child. Um, and, uh, eventually like Thanos clearly comes to love and care for her like a daughter. And is kind of like made fun of for that, but she is really strong child character who, who keeps just killing people and and doing things to say like to to stay on his good graces and she loses a leg and an arm that he replaces with just like cybernetic parts um those are just some random thoughts that i had like those are just things i just scribbled down as i was reading of cool points um but then i also did a little bit of googling on gamora because it looked like there was just a ton of different versions of her backstory and this was definitely like a, a newer version this was kind of a rewrite after um, for a lot of the movies and some other origins of Gamora are that Thanos did not kill her species. So in several other origins, other people killed the species and she is either one of just a handful or the only one left. And then Thanos kind of like takes her on. Um, and, and so he, in those versions is not the one who killed them, but is the one who like gave her this opportunity to avenge her species and like gave her a purpose um and and in all of them she somehow ends up being kind of an adoptive foster daughter to to thanos and kind of gives her this mission of becoming an assassin mm. um, and it some versions she also has some sort of superpowers like super strength and healing generally she's said to be cybernetic so not all human or not all then who be in parts um, some robot in there. Yeah, that's Gamora. I feel like... Oh, it... oh, please, Davis. Most dangerous woman in the galaxy. Go ahead, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to add most dangerous woman in the galaxy. All right, we're done. <laughs> well said. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I'm curious to know, and this is something I, I do not know, if... Gamora has changed since the movies in the comics since she she does seem deadly in the movies, but she definitely mm -hmm. seems deadlier in the comics in kind of like a mean way. 
Do you agree or oh, disagree? I definitely agree. Okay. I think <laughs> like, well, it's really interesting because I remember I haven't rewatched these yet, but I remember in later Guardians, um, her seeming more deadly and more capable, but this movie, she did not seem very capable. Um, but in in like previous iterations, she was very deadly. She could beat just about anyone. And um, um, and in different like in different versions of Gamora, sometimes she kind of gets superpowers. So, got it. But I, I haven't looked at like anything post besides the one I read that was in 2019. Where yeah. she was mostly a child. <laughs> where well, I feel like in the movie she is. They do kind of show off that she's deadly, but at the same time, she's got kind of like a curiosity, like she's running away from this evil mm. organization for the first time. Yeah. I don't know. Now, now I want to do a deeper dive. All right, I call that for next Guardian movie. I'm going to do an even deeper dive. Uh, stay tuned for Corey's new podcast, Mora Gamora. Ooh, nice. <laughs> Wow, podcast naming, just like your specialty. Uh, I did not name this podcast, so I don't really know about that. No one did. I don't know how it happened. <laughs> and I really don't know either. Uh, on, on, honestly, like having a good podcast name is like 70% of the battle. So the fact that you were able to just rattle that one off is really impressive. <laughs> Well, enough about me. Let's uh, talk about Drax. All right, yeah. So we're 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 gonna talk about Drax the Destroyer. Uh, he he actually makes his first appearance in the Invincible Iron Man episode fifty five, and I believe that that one dropped in February of nineteen seventy three. So, um, in in this one, Iron Man has has been battling the blood brothers who are uh kind of these intergalactic thugs and after uh after getting knocked out he uh he he, he, he's able to escape at some point but caught the eye of thanos and drax the destroyer who was in uh thanos's clutches at the time um Tony is then back on Earth. Some some time has passed, and Drax is trying to like beam a message subliminally to Tony. I don't know exactly how this works, but he he apparently beamed it too strongly the first time. Uh, he he said, <laughs> "At that moment, I made dot 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 contact. I had mind blasted too powerfully." He writhed in anguish. And this is while Tony's like at a board meeting or whatever. Um, and they're like, Mr. Stark, are you all right? He says, yes, yes. A sudden headache. I've survived worse. But then he calls the meeting off, starts putting on his Iron Man suit. Basically like, okay, just in case I get brain blasted again, uh, I, I need to be in my suit so that I can be ready. Uh, it, anyhow, Drax, Drax is trying to warn him that the Blood Brothers and, and Thanos are on their way. And during this, he he gives a little bit of the backstory of Thanos and, and how he came to be. Because one of the things that is very clear about Drax the Destroyer is that he and Thanos' paths are inextricably linked. 
um, he, he, he talks a little bit about on, on the planet Saturn, its largest moon Titan. Um, you, you have all of these Titans. We, 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 we know about, uh, mentor, the, the, the father, we've seen Eros and of course, Thanos, um, among others and, and Thanos, the mad Titan, as he is called, starts to start, starts to be a little bit of a rabble rouser. So, uh, he, he, he gets a few malcontents They're They're attacking the galaxy and <clears throat> excuse me, uh, mentor goes to Kronos and I'm going to send you all a picture of, of Kronos because he is the spitting image of Dave Bautista. It, it, it's, <laughs> it's just a disembodied blue head, but I swear to you, it looks like they, it, it it looks like they're just drawing um dave bautista so you know it intentional or not uh chronos opens one of his eyes and beams down a being uh it says earth not of mother nor father yet yet bounding with pulsing pounding life i was i drax the destroyer Mine was a mission of destruction and annihilation of the evil that pranced and strutted in the form of Thanos. So basically, Kronos uh, designed Drax the Destroyer to be Thanos's equal. Um, he, 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 in like more recent retellings, has kind of gotten a few different makeovers. In this one, he was just created, like I, 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 almost like an Adam figure or something, just. He he literally crawled up out of the dirt after being created with the sole intention of destroying Thanos. There have been some retcons. Um, there's a very weird storyline in which a man named Arthur Douglas was in some sort of like car crash or something. And like in the in the final moments before his consciousness left his body that consciousness was put in the body of Thanos or excuse me, Drax. Um, and his daughter who almost died was taken to live on Titan and she became moon dragon. Um, I, I don't really like that one, but basically all we need to know about Drax is he's strong. He hates Thanos. Uh, each of them have like killed each other and resurrected a few times, but they're they're like like Corey mentioned with uh, Gabora, there are kind of a few different tellings of the story. Uh, but the things that are consistent are he's super strong and he doesn't like Thanos. Um, he he apparently has some some powers that we don't see in. Uh, in the movie, or frankly, in any of the comics that I was reading, uh, he has superhuman strength. We see that. Invulnerability, debatable. Uh, the ability to fly, we never see that, and make interplanetary voyages in a matter of weeks. Um, also, he fires concussive blasts from his hands. I'm hoping that that's something that we see in Guardians 3, because I, I think that would be a lot of fun. But have, unfortunately, we... Correct me uh, so, if I'm wrong. Have we seen that before? I don't think where so. he claps his hands together and it makes powerful wind of some sort. 
Um, I might be mixing that up with any other superhero movie, but <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't remember that off the top of my head. Gentle listener, you know, feel free to feel free to correct me. Maybe I, maybe, I, I guess when I thought of concussive blasts coming from his hands, I was thinking almost like, like Iron Man, like the, but I, I, I suppose that he could have like made kind of a thunderclap with his, with his hands that I didn't notice. It, I don't think it happened in this movie, but I, in my imagination, it happened somewhere, but I <laughs> cannot confirm that. And it might probably not be true. Um, and real quick too. It does look like Dave Bautista, the the Kronos illustration. I I can't like I I mean, you could probably find a lot of people who look like Dave Bautista, but it is uncanny how much this picture looks like Dave Bautista. <laughs> anyway, um, so I I kind of like the movie version a little bit more. Just the idea that he's not some some creature that, that that was created to destroy Thanos, but rather like finds his ambition and uh and 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 his motivation due to personal loss. Uh that also obviously expands his race into like an actual civilization. He's not he's not one of one. So his story has been told many times. Uh there have been a lot of differences, but again also weird that he goes through a a long phase where he's like is dumb yeah or like mindless whatever it's it's so weird to me that like sometimes he's like menacing and then there's like this huge phase where he's just like a baby and i i i know that this is just kind of how comics were written in the late 60s early 70s but like he he speaks practically in like Shakespearean iambic pentameter, like just, you know, huge words and everything. And, um, and then we, 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 we do see a more infantile version of him where he's almost like a, I don't know, just a monster for hire. Uh, and then in the, in the movie, obviously he, uh, I don't know. He, he, he has a very specific, uh, kind of intelligence, and specific lack of intelligence yeah. in some ways. That was so yeah, that's a great move on there. Distracts the destroyer. I, I really like it. Yeah. All right, I'll I'll get into some Rocket Raccoon. Um. So first thing I noticed, uh, Marvel preview number seven is where Rocket Raccoon is first introduced. When you go to Marvel Preview on Marvel Unlimited, the their comics app, it kind of seems like Marvel's trying to hide something. Because they have bits and pieces of this series, which introduces a lot of things. And in preview number seven, there's this like kind of like B horror movie, uh Elvira style cover that uh advertises satana but that is nowhere to be found in the marvel preview version and i i think they kind of went through marvel preview and they're like all right who do we have 
TV shows about, and we'll just put those parts in Marvel Unlimited. So, or movies, not just TV shows. And so Rocket Raccoon, they they feature his half. Uh, it is in black and white, and it is featured in a uh, series, like sort of series. I don't think it really got pe- picked up, uh, but it is called Sword in the Star, and the main character is named Prince Wayfinder. And... I could not tell you what this is about. It is <laughs> oh, uh, so, so confusing. Okay. Yes, yeah, status. I'm 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 Googling this right now. Is is the cover does it say Marvel Preview presents Man God? No, that is a different one. Oh, I see. Okay. Um I, I, I it it's it's definitely advertising Satana. So yeah, that's Marvel Preview number one is the man god one. Oh, i see number seven I, is the satana one okay i would have been very surprised based on this cover to see rocket raccoon <laughs> well if you see here we go the other one you should also be very surprised to be yes. <laughs> seeing rocket raccoon satana is a very busty babe who appears to be doing some sort of spread eagle in front of a (laughs) zombie who is kneeling before her and trying to touch her belly button i i believe which is which is exposed (laughs) i believe that she becomes part of the marvel universe in a more significant way down the line Uh uh-huh um but this half has nothing to do with her and if you want my description of Sword in the Star in a few words, uh, I would say if you imagine William Shakespeare is writing about time traveling in space. <laughs> uh, let me just read you an excerpt from from this just so you get a sense of what I am talking about. We have Prince Wayfinder looking at a dead body saying... He humors me, wizard. He knows I have never guided a ship, never seen deep space, yet his humor is supportive and of me, protective, as if he expects one day to have to place himself in my trust and wishes me to be ready. Is that another of your gifts to me, wizard? <laughs> I don't know what I just read. I don't know what he's trying to say. But eventually he time travels or something and goes to this world and he meets rocket raccoon uh who has less of a shakespearean acts or uh tone of voice and always says old bean like throughout the whole thing his catchphrase is old bean which they obviously (laughs) did not (laughs) did not bring into the the movies but uh rocket raccoon kind of guides him and uh throughout his comic book appearances he you find out that he's sort of a sheriff of this place called um what is it called the keystone quadrant and that there are other uh animals that have been genetically manipulated uh including wall russ 
I don't know if you can guess what animal he is. Or Blackjack O'Hare are kind of his uh, companions. Um, I, I, I'm so glad that you came across Walrus because he also popped up in my readings. And <laughs> he's excellent. Um, he's a walrus, by the way. <laughs> thank you. Uh, but yeah, eventually he uh, meets Star-Lord, but we'll get, we'll get into that one a little bit later. Um, but then we also have Groot, who appears in Tales to Astonish number 13. And basically, he's just a big tree monster from Planet X who comes to Earth. And everybody's uh, scared of him. And it's kind of like a B-horror movie type of thing. Um, and this Groot has full speech. He does say, I am Groot, multiple times. But he, uh, everybody's scared of him. And then the Earth people, of course, use the enemy of wood to defeat him, termites. And that defeats Groot. But later we find out that this was a different Groot. Uh, and that they're actually a species called Flora Colossus. And it is revealed that the current iteration of Groot, who does only say, I am Groot, he could say a few other words in the comics, um, is uh, the last of the Flora Colossus. But it's interesting to note that they... Uh, kind of get it confused where they kind of reference the the big Groot, the big monster Groot as if he is the current Groot. Um, and so not actually 100% sure that they're different, but I think many writers have tried to kind of like separate the monster Groot from Guardian's Groot. Uh, but yeah, do... Do you want to talk about uh, Ronin before we get into the Guardians of the Galaxy series we kind of looked over, Corey? Before I do that, I went through such a roller coaster of emotions when you said there was like a whole, like, civiliz not a civilization, but like a whole race of these creatures. Because I was like, oh my gosh, can one day we just like have so many and I can have one? And I was just like so excited. <laughs> And now I'm heartbroken. <laughs> well, I'm sure that science will eventually get us to the point where we can have Groot-like monsters as pets. Thank you. That's all I've wanted to hear this <laughs> whole time. Um, <laughs> okay. Let. Okay, so Ronan. <laughs> he. So I read this whole Annihilation series. Well. I read two episodes of this big crossover Annihilation series. So I just got a tiny taste of it. Um, but in it, it was really interesting. So Ronin is very, very similar. He is blue. He has a big hammer. Uh, anyway, he's a very similar character to what we see in the movie. Um, and he was like falsely accused, according to him, of like insurrection and he is like he's been trying to um like 
instill Cree law and uh, like he's big on justice. And so he is falsely accused of trying to like form a coup against the officials of like the Cree government. And so is kind of like um, forced to, to leave. And now he's on this big like vengeance, like I am going to kill everyone who had anything to do with getting me, um, t I can't think of words, but like taken away from, from his people and who like sullied his name. And so he, he's trying to track everyone down um, and his hammer, the thing that I was most intrigued by is the hammer that he uses looks very similar, but actually already has like powers and can kill people um, just from like aiming it at them. It's just like, it's like a wand. This one reminded me of like a hammer wand that kills people. Um, and also Gamora, the reason I read it is because Gamora is also in it. And she is in charge of like this group of women who have celestial powers. Um, and she she's a very different character than anything else I read. Um, but yeah, that was interesting to see like a very similar Ronin uh, interact differently with the characters we have. Yeah, that's interesting. I, I've read a few things with Ronin before. And sometimes it kind of seems like people are like, okay with him. And then other times it seems like, oh no, he's bad. <laughs> yeah, in this one he was real bad. Yeah. <laughs> the really interesting thing is he is just like, very much like letter of the law justice. So he just kept killing people willy nilly that had nothing to do with what he was trying to do, but he just felt like we're not being good people. Um, so there's a lot of random killing where you're just like, oh, this is a crazy dude. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right. So I read a lot of sources saying that the Guardians of the Galaxy movie is based off of the Guardians of the Galaxy run by Abnett and Lanning. Um, and so we were kind of unclear of which issues to look at, but just out of curiosity, which, uh, which issue did you guys read any of this? I just read the first one. Okay. And Davis, did you read any? Yeah. So I, I, I read like two or three and then started looking just kind of to, to get the synopsis of, of that whole run. Okay. Cause I believe it went for like two years. Yeah, something like that. I think it was 25 issues. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to do my best to, to kind of summarize. I read, I bought, I I got a great deal on <laughs> the Guardians of the Galaxy uh, complete collection by Abnett and Landing Volume mm. 1. And got it for $5 with $5 shipping. That was a, Whoa. a $35 book for $10. So pretty proud of that one. Um, and so I ended up just reading all 12 issues that were in that. But even before that, uh, this run is kind of set up in the Marvel event Annihilation Conquest, which is a sequel to Annihilation, which is what Corey read. Um, and there's a separate series called Annihilation Conquest Star-Lord that kind of ties into this event. 
And that one is kind of the forming of the first iteration of this Guardians of the Galaxy, where Star-Lord is kind of recruited to help with this war, and they give him a bunch of prisoners in the Kree prison, and that includes Rocket and Groot. Um, And then it also includes a character named Bug, um, who Bug. <laughs> he was supposed to be in the Guardians movie. He was in a few early scripts of the first Guardians movie, but he was cut. But he's like a bug thief. And then there is uh, Death something. I just forgot her name. Uh, but we will skip over that. Um, I want to say Deathbird. Um, Maybe. But that kind of leads into like the first iteration of this guardians of the galaxy. And then it's end similar where Groot sacrifices himself to buy some time. And that kind of solidifies the relationship between rocket Groot and star Lord. Um, and they do mention that rocket is the only one who understands Groot's language and so that does kind of establish the the bond between Groot and Rocket early on. But this leads into them forming a new team. Oh, Mantis is another one who's uh, in the prison. Uh, but then they, they kind of form a new team with uh, Rocket, Gamora, Drax, uh, Groot. And then there's a few others like Adam Warlock and Quasar and mantis and they all kind of have a station they're stationed in nowhere which we do see in the movie um and they're kind of like uh commander you could say is cosmo the uh the russian dog who we also see in the movie um and other than that we kind of get a sense that the characters of Rocket, Groot, and Star-Lord are kind of based on the movie where we kind of see a more happy-go-lucky Star-Lord. Um, and I feel like Rocket has kind of stayed consistent throughout his entire run where he's just kind of like a a smart-alecky, like, wise-talking raccoon. And then Groot in this version is the I am Groot, Groot. Uh, but Drax is a little more menacing in this version, and so is Gamora. Um, but yeah, I I think they probably based the team off the movie and took some elements from this comic for the movie. But other than that, I, I kind of think James Gunn did his own thing. Um, and there, there were a few little things here and there where I was like, oh yeah, that I do remember that from, from the comic, but we can get into that when we talk about the movie. Uh, did you guys have any other thoughts on, on this run of guardians of the galaxy? My big takeaway was where is the dog? Like there was not enough Cosmo. So like, (laughs) I have very serious takeaways clearly. So what, (laughs) In the in, in the movie, isn't Cosmo like in the collector's collection? Yes. Okay. Well, and that... I sorry. 
Yeah, and I, I like yelled out when uh, when he came on screen and I was like, James, he is supposed to be the commander. We're supposed to get a lot more of him. Why is he just a, like, I just had like this whole diatribe. <laughs> okay, I have a very, I, I have very good news for you all. Especially <laughs> Ryan, if you enjoyed uh, this, th th like this comic run. Because as much as I enjoyed playing the Guardians of the Galaxy game, my appreciation for what they were able to do has been like multiplied many times over by reading some of these things. So the 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 Guardians video game not only like brings in kind of some of these secondary tertiary uh, characters that we see in the Guardians universe, you you like you know you 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 have your main team, uh, you you meet Mantis, you hang with Cosmo the space dog. Um, but there's also like elements like the, the universal church of truth, um, all, all of these different things that kind of are, are part of the guardians universe are brought in, in a very satisfying way in the, uh, in the video game. So if you, if, if you're looking for like another take on, kind of the world of guardians of the galaxy. Uh, I didn't, I, I, I didn't appreciate at the time just how like layered the, 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 the references were, but it's, uh, it's a lot of fun. That's awesome. Yeah. And good lore, which is always important for me in a mm. video game. Yes. <laughs> I, I am lore. very excited to play that game at some point, especially I'm with your recommendation. Convinced. Say that again, Corey. I'm pretty convinced. I'm like Googling it and I'm like, ooh, I can get it on the Switch. Maybe I need to do that this weekend. If, if it sucks, don't blame me, but I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I am a little worried about how the Switch will run it. Oh, really? Because uh, it, it is a larger game in scale. And my experience with the Switch is by the games that Nintendo made and... Mm. But anything with I, lower like indie games too can run pretty well on it but what if i almost exclusively do it on my tv so i'll i'll, I'll just warn you in terms of gameplay um <laughs> I, I i played that on my ps4 and okay it is a big button mashing game where uh. it's where, where where it's like uh you're you're like trying to shoot these things, but you're also uh, like diving out of the way all the time and calling I'm, out commands to other other people on the team. So I'm unconvinced. I, I am yeah. unconvinced now. <laughs> to unconvince I, I, you even more, the <laughs> the Switch version is a cloud version, which means it needs the oh, internet no. to be able to run, mm. and they're probably relying on the internet to do some of the heavier lifting. And the reviews for the Switch version specifically are not great. Thank you for taking me on the whole journey of wanting to play it and not wanting to play it. But, you know, <laughs> if you if you need to buy an Xbox or a PS5 or something <laughs> just to play this, that's not a bad, bad option. I have too many hobbies. I already I cannot. I cannot. <laughs> so I'm, I'm 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 looking around. I, I think they do have. Um, 
like the the cartridge version for the Nintendo DS and the Game Boy Advance. So if you have either of those, you will be able to play it. Oh my gosh! Could, could, I do not. Could, could you imagine like a like an eighty gigabyte game oh. uh, spread out across like twelve uh, twelve little cartridges for the Game Boy Advance? Yes, I could. <laughs> You, you 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 have to download like ten of the little cartridges just so that you can have proper like graphics and everything, and then the actual game is spread out across two. <laughs> anyway, what flawless user experience! I know. <laughs> In just seventy two hours, you'll be able to play this game. <laughs> um. <laughs> Anyway, so movie, movie time. Yeah. <laughs> let's do. Let's do it. Um. All right. So, <clears throat> excuse me. Guardians of the Galaxy came out in summer of 2014. Uh, it was, of course, directed by James Gunn. We have uh, brash space adventurer Peter Quill, played by Chris Pratt, finds himself the quarry of relentless bounty hunt bounty hunters after he steals an orb cup. Uh, coveted by Ronan, a powerful villain. To evade Ronan, Quill is forced into an uneasy truce with four desperate misfits, gun-toting rocket raccoon, tree-like humanoid Groot, enig- enigmatic Gamora, and the vengeance-driven Drax the Destroyer. But when he discovers the orb's true power and the cosmic threat it poses, Quill must rally his ragtag group to save the universe. Um, I... Okay, first off, it says that the featured song in this movie is Come and Get Your Love. I, I'm, I'm reading this off the little Google sidebar thing. So it has release date, director, featured song, Come and Get Your Love. I disagree with that. And then it just <laughs> says, blue guy, Michael Rooker. And it quotes michaelrookeronline.com for that. I, I, I don't know if that's like Googled a lot. Anyway, I digress. Um. Should I Did go to michaelrooker.com while you... Uh... <laughs> my, my, michaelrookeronline.com. Here, I'll, I'll click on the link. We'll follow this. Uh, bio, yeah, best... American actor best known for his turn as the blue-skinned alien Yandu Udonta in the top-grossing Marvel films Guardians of the Galaxy, Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Uh, also, as the character fans love to hate on AMC's worldwide television show The Walking Dead, Merle Dixon. I'm not going to keep reading, but uh, that's <laughs> uh, shoot. No merch. All right. Um, so did you all remember how this movie, st- like the opening scene? Because I definitely thought that the opening scene was Star-Lord um, going to the planet to get the orb. I totally forgot about being a kid i also forgot 100 percent forgot and it was it was a very rude like uh suddenness to it because i was like what is happening what what is this scene what is this lady that's dying obviously i got it but i was just like oh this is not the happy movie i remember i know i Uh, i will say i did not i think i have not watched this movie since it came out in 2014. Oh, 
you wound me. I I know, but I I always remember it fondly. Um, and I will also say, Guardians of the Galaxy movies have been birthday movies for me. The two that came oh. out came out right before my birthday, and so that was the one where I was with my family, and we were like, "All right, we're seeing Guardians of the Galaxy." It's a fun family nice. movie. Yeah. Yeah. I have something controversial to say. I'm prepared to get a lot of hate, but my memory was that this movie was just incredible, and I thought it was going to top everything that we've watched so far, and it disappointed me. I did not enjoy it. Like, I still liked the movie, but I it, it was like a mediocre, like on the on the good side of mediocre, but not just like incredible. Interesting. I here's yeah. here's my theory about that, Corey. I think that this movie is better in a theater. Oh. And I think that because there were, I was like, okay, I'm excited because like the music is a huge part of this. It makes the movie so good. And when you're watching it on a smaller screen and the, the music isn't as loud as the blaring movie speakers that are all around you. Like Mm -hmm. I, I feel like it does lose a little edge. And it, it's not as epic as it it was. Maybe I just needed to turn up the volume, though. <laughs> That's always the answer. <laughs> so I like Corey. I, I, I when 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 we're talking like favorite Marvel movies, I I have never sat down and ranked them, you know, bottom to top or whatever. But I there there's always a short list of movies that comes to mind as as like upper echelon. I put both guardians movies up there, winter soldier, uh, the original Avengers, and then like infinity war in game and probably black Panther. And there's probably others that I'm just <laughs> neglecting, but, uh, Oh, and Morbius, um, <laughs> or Ragnarok. That's, that's the third there we go. reference that will lose. It's, it's a uh, meeting <laughs> as time goes on when this is released. <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, Morbius. Um, um, I, 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 I just, I don't know. I, 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 I always put them very high, and I think that it has to do with the fact that, like Ryan said, there's like great soundtracks and it's just very good vibes. But one of the things that I noticed about this watch, uh, and 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 it's interesting how my opinions have changed as I viewed these things like a slightly more critical eye or or at least a more discerning eye as I'm watching these to prepare is this movie did fall a little bit flat for me and my experience throughout this this uh, revisiting of the Marvel cinematic universe is movies that rely on kind of the the quippy gags that Marvel has been come to be known for don't hold up as well as movies that just try to make a good movie and maybe have like a few, a, a few little throw in lines. Do, do you know what I mean? Like I, I, I felt the same way when we were watching Avengers, which is still like a very high end movie uh, in the MCU, but just, some of the some of the jokes sometimes 
didn't land because it's the, I don't know, 15th, 20th time that I've seen the movie. And I, 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 I felt the same way with this. Uh, Chris Pratt was just like slightly less endearing. Um, some of the jokes weren't, weren't quite as funny. Like the, the, the dance off uh, at the end of the movie was amazing at the, at the beginning, but or, or, or like, like the, the, the first time I saw it, but now it's kind of like, eh, this is a little, just the slightest bit cringe. I am so incredibly shocked. I really thought everyone was going to like hate on me and be like, no, Corey, that's ridiculous. Your, your response. I'm just, I'm just so in shock. What? Well, I am going to say I was having a great time with this movie. <laughs> and like, I did note, I did notice that some parts were like hitting a little less, but uh. I was still laughing the whole time. I still like the music still did hit for me. And like, I, it might be because I hadn't watched it for uh, eight years, but like it, it was a great time. I, I still think this is one of the, one of the greats. And so I, I think I a, agree a little less with you guys, but and <laughs> I, I, I go ahead, Corey. I'm just going to say, I'm glad there's some controversy, controversy, because it's no fun when I'm just agreed with. So thank you, Ryan. <laughs> You're welcome. I I do want to say, though, I'm curious. I think my sole purpose in this life will be to have children and make them watch these movies at some point. Mm. Uh, and I, I think having fresh eyes on it will allow me to enjoy it even more once again. Or... Mm. I will enjoy it even less like the time I showed my little brother Spaceballs telling him it's like one of the great comedies and then I watched it and I was like this was not as funny as I remembered it. But I, we'll see. I definitely think that I that one of my issues cuz this is the first time that I've rewatched this movie as with most of them and I definitely agree with Davis that this is an example to me of a lot of this just hit really well the first time, especially the music. And I think it did a lot of things differently. Um, but I think it was maybe more lacking in the storyline than I thought it was. Like, I actually, I, I still laughed and I still enjoyed, but there were a couple of times where I was like, what is happening? What is this pacing? I'm a little bored. Um, and I think that was because Looking at it a second time, I know what's happening, so I'm expecting more out of the story than than I felt like I was getting. Yeah. So, it, like in in fleshing out our opinions, I think I'm probably somewhere between Corey and Ryan. I still it's regard always. this as a really good movie, and maybe 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 Guardians Two will be a better uh, a, a better court of davis uh segment where, where we could really have it out um but i i don't know i i there's there's a lot of action that happens but i think like Corey mentioned because i know what's what's coming next and like how how it's all going to unfold it does feel a little bit more 
plotting just because some of the action I know is just kind of action to get us to the next conflict, but it's Mm -hmm. still not the main action because this other like set piece needs to take place. So I don't know. I, I, I enjoyed the movie. I was just surprised that I wasn't like doubled over in laughter the, the, the way I was the first time or two that I saw this movie. Yeah. I, I do think the lines that hold up the best are the rocket raccoon lines. Yeah. I, agree. I agree. Wholeheartedly agree. When, he uh, talked about the leg. Everything that was mentioned about the leg, I could not stop laughing. <laughs> so good. Um, and I I was watching this with uh, my dear sweet fiance. Uh, wow. And she she was enjoying the rocket stuff as well. I noticed she laughed the most at the rocket stuff, and is great stuff. Um, yes drax (laughs) you're right drax does have a lot of good lines i i was laughing a lot at drax that still worked and actually i'm really curious davis not to just completely steamroll over what you were gonna say i would love to hear as the person who really was excited to like deep dive into drax how like how that matched up when you watched the movie so i I never got the impression in my research that Drax and his people were depicted the way that he was in the movie. But I think that it added a really great comedic tone uh, be, be, because like it Drax, the destroyer can't be a big goofball like rocket and star Lord, but I, I kind of hobbling him with this with, with 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 this issue of being unable to really understand how how people communicate or whatever like he he can be deadly serious but that can be played to great comedic effect. So I I I I I really liked the addition and I thought it was uh, a really clever way of bringing this incredibly serious character into a more um lighthearted movie um so i have a million other questions does someone want to briefly summarize the whole movie real quick so we can do it do we want to talk about the movie and then talk about stuff in between or do we want to just give the brief summary and then say everything Let's talk about stuff in between okay um I, you know contrary to what i did last week where i was just like no one can talk until i summarize um <laughs> i i like both ways i think both ways convey what we need to convey <laughs> i'm glad we could have this powwow well, on I, pod. I guess i will ask before we get into that then um what is your all of your guys's history or thoughts on cosmic Marvel. Um, I don't know what you mean. So does that give you your answer? Yes. So cosmic Marvel is basically guardians of the galaxy is the first instance of cosmic Marvel in a sense where it's, it's not just like Thor 
being on a different planet, but it's like interplanetary oh, okay. relationships and like there's like a whole species dealing with stuff and like Thor kind of gets into it, but Guardians of the Galaxy is truly like we're going from planet to planet and there's crazy yeah. like existential things that are going on at the same time and so guardians for a very long time basically all of my cosmic marvel knowledge still kind of runs through the guardians of the galaxy prism uh so i'm i'm very influenced by the mcu in that way <laughs> i've begun to learn a little bit more about uh things that are kind of more in the periphery of of the guardians of the galaxy universe like i've i've learned a little bit more about nova core nova um some of the other heroes uh adam warlock who who kind of patrol patrol the cosmos as well i i i guess the only other like cosmic entity entities that i really know about and I, I don't know if you would consider this like in the same bucket uh but like galactus and, and silver surfer are are other ones that i yeah those are definitely uh, have... part of it okay i'm glad yeah I, I i i i didn't know if galactus was like too big to count no i think he is and i i think i want to retract what i said about thor because i think at least in the comics, he gets into a lot of this stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I went on a big Thanos deep dive at one point in my life. And so I I kind of read all this stuff. And Captain Marvel is a big part of cosmic Marvel stuff. And, mm, yeah. and Infinity Gauntlet, Infinity War, Infinity Crusade, all of those Infinity books kind of go into adam warlock and like the infinity watch and go into all this crazy stuff and then i've read some modern stuff that gets a little more convoluted um but i really like it like i find it fascinating and i i think it it comes from me loving like just really convoluted and <laughs> like <laughs> infinite storylines that you can go through with this kind of stuff. Like I, and I really do love sci-fi settings. I'm, I'm more of a sci-fi person than a old Viking like, or fantasy setting. Right. So like a, a star Wars setting beats Lord of the Rings setting for me, even though I like both, but like, I can't help but think like the Lord of the thing, the Lord of the <laughs> Rings people, <laughs> Uh, they're just too dirty and like they, they can't like shower they don't have like they're just covered in blood all the time like the space people they seem clean and I, I guess this isn't uh, I'm literally staring at a a picture of Drax covered uh, surrounded by dead bodies so not all of them are clean but I don't know I think like, I do love the space setting, and I really, I do feel like the cosmic stuff is where they get into, like, weird, like, existential questions of, like, who created the universe and, like, 
Marvel always goes into like stuff like that with the Celestials right. and and things like that. And like it's always people going through these like weird journeys through their mind because they found something weird in space. And I'm a fan. <laughs> I yeah, I definitely have more focused on comics that are earthbound um, and Actually, on the the fantasy sci-fi spectrum, I I feel like I fall more on like fantasy, fae, mythology side. That's Davis, fair. you smack in the middle. Um, <laughs> I, I I I was just gonna say, I I totally understand where Ryan is coming from about like I don't know, dirty and stuff. But I will remind him that. There are plenty of very clean heroes in um, like on Earth. In fact, Iron Man created a suit where he could go wee wee and still be totally clean. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, be, be, being clean is not the exclusive domain of um, of 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 the the Marvel cosmos. Yeah, you're right. I had, I I would. <laughs> I would count <laughs> Iron Man more on the sci-fi side. Dang. Okay. Well, yeah, no, you're 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 actually totally right. I I feel like it's there's three categories. There's dirty fantasy. There is uh and that's not in the context you think it is. Um <laughs> there <Go> is <laughs> or is it? Cuz you know, smut talk and smut fantasy <laughs> real genre these days. I mean, there's not anything under the official Marvel books. I mean, maybe there is. I don't know. I mean, Santana, Mar- did you see that outfit? <laughs> Marvel smut. <laughs> I see it. I see it. Um, have you met Tony Stark? That's true. I'm just going to keep naming things. <laughs> All right. Well, maybe I'll I'll just cut it short. As there's fantasy, there's sci-fi, and then there's normal man, okay. which I think is the other genre that you can get into yeah. with Marvel. So, um, to bring it around, I was surprised and had totally forgotten what a player Peter is, and how many random women show up throughout this. <laughs> I'm so go, going through that. Um, I'm reminded, I think it's like maybe Futurama or something where, uh, Fry, Fry is on like some alien planet and he's very excited because he's caught the attention of like a, a mermaid or something. And they, they go back to her place and she's like, okay, so do you want me to just go ahead and lay the eggs and then you fertilize them? Or, you know, how, how do you want this to work? Uh, because... <laughs> You know, like Peter, Peter's very adventurous with his, with his heart and with his parts. Uh, but <laughs> he, I, I'm, I'm glad that he's found mostly humanoids to, uh, to get to know. For euphemism, get to know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I really didn't know how to land that plane. <laughs> I mean, you don't, you don't, you're probably not going to see him uh, visiting any females from the Flora Colossus uh, <laughs> uh, species. So, 
Planet X, huh? <laughs> well, uh, cool. <laughs> Brute would be so mad. Uh, so, Corey, do you, or Davis, do you want to take us back to the summary? <laughs> so, I feel like Davis's summary kind of left off around, like, getting the orb and how everyone, like, goes into that. So, I feel like that's kind of, like, the first act of of the movie. Is there anything within that? Like, from the beginning, we, we kind of talked about the dead mom. Anything from Peter getting captured to, like... Uh, like maybe meeting Gamora. So now, now circumstances in which he meets Gamora are I'm now forgetting. Uh, oh, they're so... like on a planet where he is like trying to sell the orb, and the person's like, "No, thank you. It's too hot." Ronan Xandar. wants it. Yeah, yes. Xandar. And then Gamora like tries to capture him, and the Nova Corps captures both of them. Yes, and. During that, Rocket and Groot also try to capture both of them and the orb. Uh, and, yes, they're wanted. Right, and and so you know there 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 there's kind of this Three Stooges style uh, fight between the four of them, all trying to get the orb, escape, you know, run away from each other, and finally the Nova Corps little drones uh, pick them up with their golden binding lights and uh they are brought brought before a tribunal and thrown in some, oh in the kiln uh which is a very high security prison real quick interjection uh sure something i noticed in the comics is they constantly use this fake swear word d apostrophe ast uh oh yes rocket does use it in the movie. I forget what he says, but that was something where I was like, hey, I I know what that means. Well, I don't know what it means, but it was just like a, <laughs> a fun little nod. Also, I gotta insert this somewhere. I want to tell you who was considered to voice Rocket Raccoon. Oh, yes. Tell me the list. Wait, uh, can I guess? Yes, please uh, guess. Uh, uh, how how many people are on this list? Uh, there are five people on this list. And okay. I will tell you that I don't know who one of them is, and three of them would have completely changed the character of Rocket because I think it would have just become that actor. Okay, the so... That is Adam Sandler. That is, that is one. Yes! Wow. <laughs> Corey! My, the Sandman my... himself. <laughs> My 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 first thought was uh, Zach Galifianakis. Okay, that is not on there, but that is a very good guess. Dang, he's a good voice actor too. Yeah. Anyway, um, okay, so this is. I'll I'll just throw out the one I don't know, right okay. away, because I I have never heard of this person, Charlto Copley. Oh yeah, oh. he's great. And the things that he's in. Oh, he's the voice of Chappie. Oh. The robot. <laughs> yeah. Stay in stay in South Africa, Chappie. <laughs> um I'm not being racist there. Sorry. That 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 felt very uh derisive. Chappie's a fine movie. I never saw it. Um, all right. I'll give the you guys each Blanc two camp. guesses. 
thought for sure Zach Galifianakis was going to be it. All right. Sandman. While you're thinking, uh, Eddie Redmayne auditioned for Star-Lord. If you were wondering about that. Oh my god! There, there's a oh huge my. list for the people who audition for Star Lord that I might just read That's off. A different vibe, goodness! Li- li- uh, like two minutes before we, uh, b- before I got on here to record, I just finished watching uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, and fourth dated reference. I, 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 I can't. <laughs> like, like from home, I was streaming it. I didn't come <laughs> back from the theater. Uh, I can't tell you what a tremendous turd this movie would have been if Eddie Redmayne had been <laughs> cast as Star-Lord. <laughs> All right, I, I'm just going to read you the list of Star-Lord people. These, yeah, these people yeah. auditioned or screen-tested. Joel Edgerton, Eddie Redmayne, Jensen Ackles, Lee Pace, Wes Bentley, Jack Huston, Cam Gigandet, Sullivan Stapleton, I'll just script all the ones I don't know, James Marsden, Okay. Jim Jim Sturgis, Joseph Gordon Levitt, what? Aaron Paul, Zachary Levi, okay. or Levy, okay. uh, Michael Rosenbaum, uh, from Smallville, Glenn Howerton, and John Krasinski. Uh, the only one that I'm curious about is Jensen Eccles. Like, what? I want to see that screen test. <laughs> I. I I I want to throw Joel Kinnaman in there. I feel like he would have made a very good Star Lord. He played Colonel Rick Flag. Oh yeah, yeah, he would be good. Oh, he's gonna be in Guardians Three. What? Oh, interesting. All right. Say so he was gonna. Back to back to Rocket Raccoon. Rocket. Um, you just said too many names, and now I can't think of anyone. All right, think of. Uh... I'm 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 trying to think of people who would like who would just be themselves. The Rock. It is not The Rock. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Um, Mike Myers. Mike Myers is not it. Corey, I'll give you a uh, hint for your two guesses. Please do. One is a voice actor who uses the same voice in everything he does doesn't help me i'm okay i'm now in trivia mode and i can't my brain is blank and i can't think of a single <laughs> name and this is why i suck at trivia one one person was in a marvel property that was we're unsure at this moment if it is in the mcu or not Phil colson it is not phil colson why not could it be <laughs> can 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 i make one more yes yeah, please do and th- th- this one is really off the wall. Um, Reese Darby. It is not Reese Darby. That's another good guess, though. Good you, guess. you you just mentioned someone who basically does the same voice for every for every role, and I love Reese Darby's work, but he he just uses his voice because yeah. it's already comedically perfect. Well, here's here's the guy who I'm talking about: H. John Benjamin. Voice oh. of Bob from Bob's Burgers. <laughs> Archer. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, that would have been so funny. That, I think that it would have been, been weird. Amazing. Oh, I wouldn't it, have in liked a bad it. way. It would have been it would have been funny in a bad okay, way. Okay, yeah. 
Um, I, 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 I might like the movie more if H. John Benjamin was voicing Rocket Raccoon. There, I said it. <laughs> All right. The other two, one is uh, famous Doctor Who actor David Tennant. What? Who, Never would have guessed that. I, I think he would have done the best out of this list, list other than uh, Bradley Cooper. And then... Uh, to me, the strangest pick that would have changed this character as well a lot is Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, I think that would have been so weird. Yeah. But they were considered. Rocket Raccoon starts talking out of his butt. <laughs> he just goes back to Ace Ventura, Jim Carrey. <laughs> um. All right, sorry for derailing us for so long, but I feel like those were important things to to throw out there. Yes. I agree. Um, now, just while we're talking about casting, when I saw John C. Riley, I did not remember he was part of the Nova Corps. <laughs> yeah. And like, what is happening? He wasn't like quite funny enough. I kept being like, John C. Riley, just no. be weirder. But that was really fun. I so one 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 of the things, and I'm I promise I'm not getting paid by uh, Guardians of the Galaxy the game, but what one one of the things that they really like drive home is how much Nova Corps sucks, and like they're 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 kind of like the UN police force or whatever, huh. um, and what they they also like. The whole point of the Nova Corps is to protect Xandarian culture. So if Ronan the Accuser had not been aiming for Xandar itself, Nova Corps might have just like left it alone. So they, yeah, they kind of suck. And also, oh, another incredible MCU cameo, Glenn Close as Nova Prime. Um, Yes. I love Glenn Close. I, I'm, I'm gonna have to look this up because I, I, I thought that Nova Prime, at least in like the comics, was basically this like AI of like the, 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 the consciousness of every Nova Corps officer who has ever lived. But in the movie, it's just Glenn Close, and I understand <laughs> that. Equal, it's, in my opinion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> would, would 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 you rather have the living consciousness of everyone who has ever lived, or the best portrayer of Cruella Deville ever? <laughs> so she, there's a quote from her where she said she only agreed to star in the film since it will then afford me to go to the other kind of movies that I really love. And then she said, and hopefully I'll have a great time. I'll be, it'll be a new experience for me, but practically speaking, it will mean that I can do those smaller movies and it'll be okay. Oh, so she kind of half-heartedly did this. It kind of sounds like, I mean, I'm fine with that. Like, I think, I think Marvel should be spending its money on more things like that. Um, just because get more great people. Yeah. Totally agree. I want my Meryl. Where is Meryl? Wow, that would be a coup. 
<laughs> but can you just imagine, like, they don't, I, I, they have more than enough money to throw at her for her to probably take any role. But, I mean, like, she, she may not be as enticed by money, you know? But Meryl, I want to see you in a Marvel movie. I just like want her to be a fun superhero or, or even just like a random weird quirky character. This this conversation is reminding me of a great line in Modern Family when uh, Cam is at some little like baby play center and he he's Literally overhearing just one of the parents. That episode the other day. Yeah. Yes. Keep uh, saying it though. I I, I can't remember. I, I can't remember what movie they were talking about, but someone said, yeah, "I just didn't feel like Mer um, like Meryl Streep was a great cast." And uh, and and then it's a cut scene of him. He's like. Meryl Streep could be cast as Batman and it would be a great cast. <laughs> yes! I think about that all the time. <laughs> I agree. I agree. Anything she's cast in, she is correct. Ricky and the Flash? Done. Also, it was Mamma Mia. They were like, I don't know if she was like right in Mamma Mia. And it's like, that uh -oh. is objectively wrong. No, she, she was the best part of Mamma Mia 1. Abba? And Meryl are the only reason that's a fun movie. Actually, I like the, uh, the sex crazed friend from uh, How the Grinch Stole Christmas. <gasps> well, she's always fun. I know. She's she's great. I love her. She's also sex crazed in The Grinch Stole Christmas. <laughs> and I love it. That's true. <laughs> What did she say? Okay, we're 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 we're, we're so too far, far we're afield still. and too deep into this podcast to be. Uh, okay. Yeah. Um, after Nova Corps, we go to prison, and then there's a. Okay, once again, this was my favorite part of the movie. I love me a heist. I love me a get out of prison storyline. Like this, I think was the real gem, and I wish there was more of this part of them like interacting in prison, and then. Um, I agree. Thing out of prison. Fast. Um, um, so should we have the segment, uh, heist ranks, the MCU <laughs> yes. heist ranks, because so far yeah. at this time, and correct me if there's more, but we have Thor, the dark world heist, yes. uh, where they kind of, they kind of do the typical heist thing, but then forget about it and don't explain it or have no twist <laughs> <laughs> later on in the heist. Also, yeah, no, like I loved it until they, like they ruined it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and now we have the Guardians of the Galaxy heist. I, I would say in my official ranking, Guardians of the Galaxy heist is above Thor the Dark World heist. Wow, what a coup. <laughs> Agreed. Um, so the other one that I'm thinking of is Captain America to, like, get Bucky. Ooh, good call. Mm. So I would say, for me personally, Captain America is lower than Guardians of it's, the Galaxy. I think it's in the middle. I agree. I there, assume you were putting it in the middle. There are... So the Ant-Man movie has a ton of heists. That's true. Well, we're not there yet. We're not there yet, Davis. <laughs> But we will we will list every single one when we get there <laughs> <laughs> and we will rank them we will darn it <laughs> uh love Groot just pulling the battery out right away 
and just the whole build up to that. Yes. That is great. And also love the leg. And yep. love how the joke comes back where he like asks them to get the guy's eye. Mm-hmm. Still funny. So, funny. I, I, so the the more I think about this, like Corey, you mentioned um you wish that the prison scene had been longer. I also wish that the prison scene had been longer, and I wish that their time on nowhere had been shorter. Uh, yeah. That that I think was like my main pacing issue. Also, this is kind of the B plot, but like throughout this, we're we're seeing more about Ronan and uh and and everything. The Krees suck. Like they really <laughs> suck. And 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 I know that Ronan is like a Cree fanatic, but even when uh e- e- even when Xandar talks to the Krees about you know, hey, Ronan's trying to get an infinity stone to destroy our planet, they're like, Well, that sounds like internal business. Uh we'll we'll see you at the next peace <laughs> treaty. Um, what do you guys think of the bigger introduction to Thanos, kind of our first like hurrah. It's not we don't really get to know him until Infinity War, but this is kind of the first time since we've seen him in the post credits tease that we're like, okay, Thanos is is a guy in this. The uh, the 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 first time we see him, where most people aren't calling him Purple Hulk. Yes. <laughs> I really, I think they did a good job of introducing him as a eventual big bad and like kind of like the, the the eventual showrunner, but not the bad of this movie. Like, I, I think that was a good balance of like intrigue and a little bit more like kernels of detail, but keeping you on track to hate Ronan. Yeah, I I agree. Gotta, gotta say, uh, though, his voice in this movie isn't as good as what he eventually does. But but it is Josh Brolin, right? It is Josh Brolin, but it seems different. Like it seems yeah. like he's using like a deeper, scarier voice in this. I agree. It, I feel like he just like hasn't found the character yet. Yeah. Because they haven't written the rest of the character yet. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know who he's being. Um but yeah, I definitely felt like he was different. Like, so, well, we just so, don't, we don't have a lot. I, I, I liked that they, that, that they were able to use, like, to use Thanos without, like, totally blowing the, 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 the big reveal. And mm-hmm. part of that, I really liked how, uh, how Gamora was almost kind of like an intermediary where he would say something scary where it's like, if you don't get me that orb, you'll like there. There will be no corner where you can hide, or you'll you'll wish for death or whatever. And then Gamora is like, "Thanks, Dad," and you know, just kind of <laughs> struts out. Um, yeah, I liked it. Cool. Good tease. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. Speaking of things, though, that I wish there were more of. I also wish there was a like. Nebula becomes such a fun character, and I really, really like her. 
also similar with like the dad complex and all of that and like her and Mora. and for some reason I think I thought there was more of her like she was a bigger character or something and by the end I was like where was the nebula I didn't care for her as much like just kind of felt random this movie you got Mora Gamora in this one <laughs> yeah I love the dad joke uh, so I, I will tell you, I found in my search, Marvel made a Guardians of the Galaxy prelude, which has kind of like some of the first appearances of the characters, but they also had uh, Marvel Guardians of the Galaxy prelude, like issue one and issue two to kind of introduce some of the characters. And in it, Gamora gets like a whole issue dedicated to her. And it's really, really good character building and and kind of explaining a little bit more about her i actually got this from my local library i i, I know that neither of you have really like plugged that on on the podcast but uh, <laughs> libraries do have comic books that you can check out for free for two weeks at a time so and i don't know if you guys have ever tried that but it was it was pretty cool let me fangirling over libraries over here <laughs> the weirdest weirdest character trait of all I hate libraries. You're dead to me. All right, <laughs> I'll library. be in the middle. That's my that's my whole thing is how much I hate libraries. <laughs> We're really interesting people with really <laughs> relatable qualities. Um, unfortunately, I don't have like a ton of of thoughts on the back end of the movie. Uh, so here's here's one thing that I I don't know where to put as well that I wanted to say. Yeah. Yeah. So in the the Guardians of the Galaxy comics we read, the big joke or it was not the big joke but a recurring joke was similar to the joke in the movie where no one knows who Star Lord is. Yes, and he keeps introducing himself as that so that people are like will recognize him as Star-Lord. In the comic that we read, there was a very similar joke where he kept saying, we're the Guardians of the Galaxy, and everyone's is, is always like, who? We've never heard of you guys. <laughs> and so that one feels like it was is taken straight out of the comics. <laughs> I, 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 I really liked... Um... Daimon Hansu's portrayal. He he was the bald guy who got blasted at the beginning when Star Lord was first stealing the orb, and then when they're on uh, Ronan's ship, he's like, "Oh, it's Star Lord!" Yeah, and he's like, <laughs> "Hey, you remember me?" It's a good it payoff. great payoff. Yeah. yeah, that was great. Um, yeah, the last half of the movie is just briefly is like they fight Ronin Nova Corps kind of takes uh takes their advice seriously and helps them fight Ronin um there's also some stuff with uh Yondu that we didn't mention where Star-Lord saves Gamora by calling Yondu who's hunting him the whole movie and then they get his help to kind of do all the stuff uh, to beat Ronan and get the 
the power stone from him. Yep. And then they seemingly beat Ronin, but it turns out he's still alive. And then uh, Star-Lord distracts him with the dance-off. Um, and then... Didn't, didn't love it. <laughs> you didn't? I liked it at first. Like, it was fun a little bit. And it went on too long. I like it. I think it's great. I we also didn't talk we didn't get into Corey's objectification corner yet where we uh <sighs> talk about how this was kind of everybody's first look at like Chris Pratt is a hot guy now. Yes, and I think this is the best version of Chris Pratt as a hot guy. So I think once again, he just keeps getting bigger. I think he looks really good in this movie. It's a good balance between Chris Pratt as a hot guy but not like Chris Pratt is a beefcake, which I think he cannot pull off. Him, him, him being, you know, dragged out in his skivvies was a real, that was then this is now moment. Because <laughs> for, for, for many people, he was Andy Dwyer and all of a sudden he was, uh, I mean, he, he was star Lord. He was Chris Pratt and so many people, uh, are 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 just wanting to like hear about his workout routine and how he shredded and got so lean anyway um just want to throw that in there so james gunn said that his audition was so good that he was going to offer him the role even if he didn't lose weight wow i kind of wish we had seen that version yeah yeah that that would have been way better would have been so much better (laughs) <laughs> I really like that though. Like, I really like that it was kind of like he's just good at this. He just is this character. Um, randomly on to the side, um, in a different corner of women are awesome. No objectification here, but also let's talk about it. <laughs> um, Great segment. I really- <laughs> you're, you're 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 really boxing us in, but I'll I'll, I'll try it. <laughs> um one i think it was like the first issue of that the like the guardians series that we read gamora's outfit is like a thong bikini bathing suit thing um and one of the yeah they 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 sort of remedy that in later iterations but the one that i noticed the most in the comic was previous there's a character i won't get into the lore but she's related to drax in some way uh called moon dragon oh yeah yeah his daughter his daughter yes who has the like worst portrayal of a skimpy outfit that is technically a costume when she's first introduced in the comics and she's reintroduced later in this guardians of the galaxy comic and she's like in full like sweats, which I I did mm. appreciate because it always was kind of like this weird thing of like, I this seems weird that they give this person this this costume in the comics. Oh my gosh, I see it. I googled it. I will definitely be including a picture on Instagram because it's so insane. <laughs> we're we're, Holy... we're gonna get flagged. <laughs> yeah. hey, she's covered. Um, she. So basically, what I wanted to say about all of these comments of like OG Marvel women's outfits 
versus like movie is I really do appreciate how they like put a little bit more thought into this is a functional outfit, but I think this is still the time period because we'll see a change um, in a lot of the women's outfits where it's like, yeah, there was some thought into like, let's let's have a an outfit that someone can walk around in um, and yet be so much more uncovered than some of the men. I love that Drax is totally shirtless because that does feel great. <laughs> One of the men is less covered than the women. Um, but um, I, I feel like it's really interesting to compare like Gamora's outfit and uh, Nebula's because Nebula is in like a full suit. Um, Gamora has like weird cutouts in her outfit and like a neck. Anyway. Um, but, but both are very tactical. Yes. Yeah. And so, yeah, we're getting, we're getting to the point. I think we kind of have some like missteps throughout these movies, but slowly, I think we definitely get to a point where like, these are reasonable, great outfits. I. Gamora is awesome. Gamora (laughs) is awesome. Uh, Does she have the retractable sword in, in the movie? I can't remember. No, she does. She does. Yeah. That. That that's one of my favorite weapons in the Marvel cin- or Marvel universe, cinematic or otherwise. Um, I'm I'm looking at a picture of Moon Dragon right now, and you know, I I think she looks really intelligent, uh, really capable in her outfit. Uh, I see nothing wrong with it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my uh... gosh. Well, definitely purpose to everything. Definitely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, on that note, uh, they then all hold hands holding the Infinity Stone and are able to destroy <laughs> Ronan. <laughs> I, 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 go ahead, Davis. I, I was just going to say, I, I did kind of like that, like how they... <sighs> they like finally come together and then there there's the, there's the tie in with at the very beginning of the movie, the, the, the beginning that most people like me forget where it's like, hold my hand, Peter. Mm, yeah. um, he, he, he's able to, to like make good and, and hopefully put to bed some of that regret. Was that your impression of uh, Lois from family guy? <laughs> Peter, hold my hand. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Um, I oh good. I love the symbolic like character sacrifices themselves, which brings all the group together. Like I feel yeah. like the the Groot to this moment is like a really good payoff for the movie. Um, and yeah, one of the things that I was a little stumped on was I was like, I feel like Peter should be doing a better job holding on to this now that I know he's half celestial. What's yeah. up with that, Peter? That was the other thing that I didn't remember from this movie is they really tee up the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie in this. They really do. So many comments. And yet, why does he almost get destroyed? Like, I feel like he should get less destroyed than everyone else. Yeah, but I I mean, maybe that has to do with him being half human as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. He can't do it without his team. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then of course, post credits, we, uh, get, I forget what we get actually. Um, I know we get the, the scene at the very end with 
the collector Cosmo licking him and then you see Howard the Duck. Yes. What is the mid credits? Was there a mid credits? I'm I'm, I'm I'm literally trying to Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah, so so we 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 see the collector um then da, 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 da. Wait. And then is it Howard the Duck? Yeah, that's Those the, the two. Yeah. Well, yeah. Howard the Duck is the same one with the collector. Oh, okay. Sorry, I'm 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 scrolling through this insider article. I think that's the only one. as fast as I can. Um, there we go. Yeah, it's 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 weird to me that I now expect two in a Marvel movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because that's just what it is now, and it's it's always strange to me when they just do one. I also always expect like a good reveal. Mm, yeah. This one we're, did not. We're coming up on my least favorite uh, post-credit scene. Uh, actually, we're still pretty far away. It's uh, <laughs> Spider-Man Homecoming. Mm, okay. I'm a fan. I love anything that wastes your time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that's the end of my thoughts. I got nothing else. Yeah, yeah, I I like this movie a lot, and I think it still holds up. I do think the callbacks in future movies and in Infinity War hmm. are better, and it, they're only better in the sense that you've watched this movie before. And I I kind of right. like that looking back, but yeah, I I I do like the cosmic side of things. And I, I do think it was really ambitious for them to make a movie that's solely based on like the weird space stuff that Marvel's done. I, I loved the I character with you. that we got set up. Sorry to steamroll Davis, but huh. I think the movie itself, I was like, oh, this isn't as good as I expected, but I really loved the people. Yeah. Davis? No, I, I, I mean, we're, we're, we're becoming an echo chamber, which, which probably <laughs> means it's time to wrap up. Just, it, it, this, this, this is an excellent movie. Uh, well, well worth your time. And I, I think it did, it did a really great job of taking us to a place and like a, a different feel, uh, very seamlessly. And it got me very excited for where the, where, where, where the franchise and where the entire MCU was headed after this, which is very good because uh, the the next movie that we'll be reviewing, many consider the crown jewel of the uh, of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and that is Joss Whedon's uh, magnum opus, Avengers: Age of Ultron. Maybe um, we're gonna have so many thoughts; like the thoughts are endless. Yes. Uh, also, no need to talk about it, but do yourself a favor and search Vin Diesel recording I Am Groot in different languages. <laughs> uh, I guess the one thing I will say about that is uh, Vin Diesel recorded all his, of his lines on stilts, so he knew what it was like to be seven feet tall, like Groot. A, 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 a true method actor. <laughs> Um, all right. 
I have to go. Remember, okay, everyone, remember, like, review, subscribe. Um, and. Oh, yes. What is our email? It's a great question. I think it's Cinematic. like. Comic uh, first. Hang on. We have it in the chat. <laughs> we have it. Um, oh, and. C- also- c- cinematic.comicverse at gmail.com. Thank you. Pow. Email us. Ask us questions. Tell us we're wrong because we are. <laughs> and if you follow us on social, um, all of our personal accounts, and then also the cinematic underscore, underscore comic verse on Instagram, we post unframes that we saw while reading. So you can see as we talk about them. Uh, yeah, I mean, that, that does it for us. Thank you for listening and we will see you next episode.